The Lord's coming. Everybody say, jump on him, Jesus. Couldn't be no greater desire than to want more of Jesus Christ. To walk in the beauty of his holiness. Amen. To let the love of God be shed abroad in our hearts by the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. To walk this straight, narrow. But you know what? There's some great benefits with that. Isaiah said he'd bring the high places low and the low places high. The Bible says he'll take out the rough places. You know what I've come to understand? It's not God's will for me to ride a roller coaster ride and living for him. Up one moment and down the next. Not sure what's going to happen above when I top the next hill and what's going to happen on the next. No, God's got it. God's got it. Every day, every week, every month, in every circumstance, in every situation. Because we're looking unto Jesus, who is the author and finisher. And he's got an expected end for every soul in this house. And that's to join with him in the clouds. Amen. That's to join with him in the air, in the clouds, in a moment, a twinkling of an eye. That's the end results. That's what this is all about. If we miss that, we missed everything else. Regardless how often he visited us, how many miracles he performed for us, how many times he touched us. But we're not going to miss that because his grace is sufficient. We're believing in this morning, aren't we? Amen. It's good to see everybody on this Sunday morning to come worship and magnify Jesus Christ. God bless you. You may be seated. Let's, let's remember Brother Randy and Sister Debbie. She didn't have a good night leaving out to go to Texas today. Uh, decided to do a little COVID test at home. It come out positive. So they made the way to loose stale and took the hospital test. It come out negative. And so we're just believing God, trusting God. We're going to pray for them, lift them up. God, in this month, amen, to MD Anderson, one of the last uh, 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 avenues of this battle against cancer. We believe she's already been healed, and we got the evidence of that. And so we're just trying to do what God, and they're trying to do what God wants them to do. So let's keep them in our prayers today. Keep them, lift them up before the Lord. Let's remember Sister Tara this morning also was sick and a little under the weather. Sister Tammy, amen. But you know what? I'm glad I'm in a house where there's safety. I'm glad I'm in, a, I know a name, what to call on, amen. I promise you, COVID doesn't bother Jesus one bit. COVID's no different, amen, than cancer. No, COVID's no different than heart problems, blood problems. He's a healer, amen. He's not limited in any of these areas whatsoever. He paid the price in full with 39 stripes. I believe in the power of prayer. I believe in the power of calling on the name of Jesus. I haven't made my mind, amen, any difference about, amen, some things and living for God. That's the reason we keep on praying. That's the reason we keep on worshiping. That's the reason we get up every morning, amen, with a zeal in our minds and our hearts and our spirits. We're made overcomers by the word of our testimony. I'm testifying that Jesus Christ is alive and well. I'm testifying that Jesus Christ is still the high priest. I'm testifying that Jesus Christ and the blood of this man called you still washes away our sins as it's activated into our lives. He's still a very present help in the time of trouble. He doesn't overlook nobody. He doesn't leave anybody out. Anybody that's hungry and thirsty shall be filled. Hallelujah. Thank God. Amen. Hallelujah. He's willing to fill us up with his spirit. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Man, I wouldn't take nothing for the Holy Ghost. 
You, you can have the world and all of its riches, but I want the Holy Ghost. God bless you. Love you. Appreciate you. Let our classes go back. It's good to have our, our, our good friends and neighbors and loved ones, amen, back in the house of God this morning. Good to see each one of you, amen, or guests. God bless you for coming and being a part of this service with us today. Won't you just join in with us worshiping and magnifying, exalting Jesus in this house. And let his word, his presence minister unto us. Amen, amen. Brother Ford doesn't mention that coming, coming, man, coming, amen, the cups and hallelujah. You know what? We got to pour ourselves out sometimes, have some room for Jesus. Man, the Bible talks about not having any room to end whenever it comes time to birth him. Hallelujah. But it's always, it's very important for you and I to have room for Jesus. Take out time for the kingdom of God. We're living in a world today that the cares of life, the business of life, we're not careful, amen, to the very thing that the Laodicean church is going to war and battle against. We're warned about it. And so, you know what? I don't want to come so preoccupied in this world of trying to survive or impress or get ahead. If you got Jesus Christ and walk with him, you're already ahead. He called us the head, not the tail. Anything you sacrifice and give to the kingdom of God makes your head, not the tail. Don't you listen to the lie of the devil in the world. I don't care if you're proper living from paycheck to paycheck, honey. If you're living for God in the kingdom of God, you're ahead of, you're ahead of millions of people upon this earth. Praise God, praise God. So we thank God for that revelation and understanding of who he is and what he'll do for us as we give ourselves unto his call, as we present these bodies holy and acceptable and pleasing in his sight. You know, Paul encouraged Timothy to study and to show thyself approved unto who? Not to impress man. Not to, not to find a bigger church with bigger ties. <laughs> but to show yourself approved unto God. That's really what this is all about. It's vessels of the Lord, each and every one of us. is earthen vessels with a heavenly treasure. Being led by the Spirit. Boy, there's been a lot said about that in the last few days and weeks. Man, we're hungry for that, aren't we? We're reaching for that. In a world that's so full of so many voices, ideas, and opinions, and all of them says they're getting it out of here, and all of them says they're right, I do know this says that God's not confusing. He's not the author of confusion. And so whenever voices that, are, that causes confusion about what's written here are contrary to what's written here, I mark their voices off and just going to stay with this. It's forever settled in heaven. And if ever been a time that you and I better establish ourselves upon the doctrines, the teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen, to make sure our calling election sure. Hallelujah. The scriptures warned us that a man needs to take heed. Why? Because he may think he stands. And it's important where you stand. Will you make up in your mind and your heart and spirit well, you're going to make a stand. You can go all the way to the day of Pentecost. And though that Peter was the only voice that was being spoken at that particular day, the Bible makes it clear to us that the eleven stood with him. That means they stood in agreement 
with what he was instructing those Jews that was crying out, what must we do to be saved? <laughs> Hallelujah. And he gave the instructions of repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. They, 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 they put into practice what they was commanded by the chief cornerstone, Jesus Christ. When he instructed them that this would start in Jerusalem, but it wouldn't stay in Jerusalem. But it's going to make its way to Samaria. It's going to make its way into to the uttermost Judah, to the uttermost parts of the world. I'm glad I'm a part of that most utter parts about you. Made its way to Bendel, Mississippi. Made its way to Broome, Mississippi. And you know what? It's still making its way. I know the devil's done everything it could. And even man has, you know, man, you know how man is. You are one. We know. <laughs> we know. We know how we are. <laughs> Amen. When man, you know, has always tried to maybe bring things in or leave stuff out. And John warned us about that. In fact, we warned a couple of times about adding or taking from what's written in the book. I want to fall in love with the book all over again. How about you? I want it inscribed, as David said, on my heart that I might not sin against thee, God. Because why? The Word. The Word is God. Logos. This is the written Word that holy men was moved upon, inspired, breathed to write it down. Because God didn't have no problem writing down His commandments. Neither did He have any problem writing down His promises and what He could do if we'll keep those commandments. Thank God for the Word today. As it's anchored and settled into our hearts, our minds, and our spirit. What else are you going to build your life upon? What else are you going to use for a guiding post? You know, storms and spiritual battles and, and, and pitfalls of our world has a, has a tendency to try to destroy, destroy landmarks. And sometimes they will. So you and I have to be careful in the spiritual battles. Because that spiritual battle, amen, that you and I face sometimes, the, the ultimate goal, if it can't snatch you all the way out, the ultimate goal is to try to, to remove a landmark. Because without landmarks, you begin to wander and blunder. And really not sure where I'm at. And get your, get your geographical location back in order. You ever been lost before? And all of a sudden, you come around a curve or you walk up on something and you're familiar with it. And all of a sudden, realization sets in. I was headed in the wrong direction. I'll never forget, I was just a lad. Walked up to Black Creek one day in the back of my house and used to, and I was a lad, man, it was a wilderness. It was thousands and thousands of acres. Man, I was miles and miles away from the house when I was a lad. Today, it ain't hardly a good top. <laughs> Amen. It's amazing what time will do and seasons. And, but I will never forget. I was headed and headed and headed. And finally, you know, I said, man, I'm lost. I'm so turned around. And I walked up to Black Creek and I looked at it. And I said, man, it's flowing the wrong way. Thank God for common sense, even as a lad kicked in and said, dummy, there ain't no way the creek's flowing. You're the one that's messed up, not the creek. Word of God's not messed up, neither's God. 
He's not confused. He knows the ending from the beginning. The only way you're going to know how to end this thing, amen, is to know a voice that knows the ending from the beginning. I tell you, God's got it. Amen. Life and death lies in Him. He's the only one that's conquered death. Amen. He's never going to face it again. Our Lord Jesus Christ, it's conquered. It's a done deal. Now, the enemy death hadn't been destroyed yet, but it's going to. It's going to be the last one, but it's going to be. But how, how, how many times that God has helped us? But we got a good, good lesson here. Our burden barrier. <laughs> you got, you're thankful you got somebody that can, you can cast your burdens upon. <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're, if you're not, then you, you carry them. You just keep them, carry them. Weigh yourself down with them. I'll never forget, I read an article one time. This gentleman was going down the road. Came upon a guy that was, this is years and years and years ago. This guy was carrying quite a bit of stuff on his back. And man going somewhere. And, and I think it was in some foreign country on top of that. And so the driver saw him and stopped to pull over. And said, sir, I'd, I'd like to give you a lift if you don't mind. And he said, all right. I said, yeah. So he gets, he gets on. Pretty good size, like a bus or something. Said he pulls back on the road, starts on down the road. Said the guy's standing back there. So he's just standing there holding all that burden, holding all that weight, just standing there, holding it. Finally, the guy, you know, he's looking in the mirror, looking at him back there. He's kind of a bus thing's in. And he said, sir, you, you know, you can just lay that burden, lay all that weight down and sit down in one of those comfortable seats if you'd like. Well, and I'm glad I've got a place that I can come and lay my burdens down. I'm glad I got a place that I can come and find a rest that that's sleeping. You can buy whatever kind of bed you want to buy, but it won't bring the rest this will bring. You can buy and purchase whatever type of medicines, and I'm not preaching against none of that. I'm just simply telling you there's a rest here like no other rest. Man, there's a place here and one that we can come and, and, and cast our burdens and, and lay them on him and give them to him. He promised us that his yoke is easy. He promised us that his burdens are light. Amen. It's not God's will for his people to be burdened down. In fact, most of the time, if not all the time, you read about burdens. Amen. Or, and you can liken this into cares or into anxieties. Amen. Most of that was brought upon them by disobedience and stiff-neckedness. And amen. And God would raise up taskmasters to put a burden on them so they would cry out and they finally get to a point in the place that's when they would cry out to him. I just wonder how long it's going to take America, amen, under the burden she's under to come to the realization the understanding because God slowly but surely pulling props out. God slowly but surely pulling means and ways that we used to lean on and put our trust in and used to work for us to a certain degree but now all of a sudden we're, we're slipping into an area and a place, amen, they don't work so well any longer. But I want to tell you something, the house God will still work. True worship still works. Calling on the name of Jesus with honesty and sincerity will still work. And so God's just going to simply take us back to some basics. And thank God for it. It may be a tough journey. It may be a journey that we weep and cry. But you know what? It's going to be worth it. To see the benefits of it. And see the results of it. As we come and give ourselves unto the Lord. When we really begin in, as we practice, amen, what Paul instructed us, praying always. Pray about everything. Amen. Pray about everything. Just don't take your own, you, you know, 
How many of you go out and buy? And I ain't asking for a response here. <laughs> How many of us go out and buy an automobile and we never pray about it? I tell you what, if you go try to buy one, you'll start praying. That or cussing. <laughs> well, that went over good, didn't it? <laughs> Hallelujah. Man, you start getting those prices to see how much it costs and all this other comes along with it. You drive it a month or two and it tears up. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. Some of y'all ain't. Okay, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. So as we begin to study the lesson today, the lesson's big idea, I will cast my cares upon the Lord. I will cast my cares upon the Lord. We got a place. We got one that cares about us. That's the reason he instructs us to cast our cares upon him. Man, to give him, especially things that's beyond our powers and beyond our abilities. Now, our, our lesson text, uh, if you really go back and pick up where they pick up and where it begins to bring about, it covers a lot of territory. I'm going to do my best to cover as much of it as I can. There's a lot of characters that's involved in this. And you're going to, if you, you watch this, if you studied it out, if you go back and research it, you're going to see it that a lot of family members are involved in this. Because one of the greatest burdens to, to bear and to cast off, amen, is betrayal. It's being betrayed by someone. Man, it robs you of trust. It hurts you and offends you and wounds you in a way that nothing else can. Amen. And so if you've, anybody's ever been betrayed, and you know what? There's a great possibility everybody in this house has been betrayed in some form and manner. Either possibly have done it or has had it done unto them. And probably for most of us, both. <laughs> Okay, just according to you know, who you talk to and how you look at it. And, and so it's something to, 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 as we watch this, you know, if, have you noticed the lessons, what it's dealing with and where we at? And, you know, it, it doesn't, you know, talking about the overlooked. Huh? So it's talking about individuals. And if you really pay attention to our lessons, it's one of the major problems with our country today. Everybody feels like they're overlooked. Everybody feels like justice hasn't been dealt to them. And they want justice. And if they don't get justice in the measure, in the time that they think they ought to get it, we're going to start burning cities down. And we're going to start tearing up. We're going to start killing people. In other words, we've got to take vengeance into our own hands because God has failed to respond to my hurt. To my being betrayed. And then you got all the cousins and nephews. And to that spirit that wants to jump on the bandwagon. And get caught up in it. And join in with it. And so we got a, we got a powerful lesson here this morning. Going to cover a lot of territory. It really is. And, and so as we'll listen to this. And it'll help us. It really will help us. Our focus verse in Psalms 55, and we'll do our best to cover that one also. I'm telling you, there's a lot of literature here today. Psalms 55, it's actually 23 verses. Amen. The focus verse comes out of the 22nd verse of Psalms 55. Cast thy burdens upon the Lord. Notice how it's spelled, all capital letters, L-O-R-D, Jehovah. Okay, always, that's the whole, that's the God, God is spirit. God is a spirit. I wish people get a real revelation of that. That's the reason you don't have two or three persons in the Godhead, because God is a spirit. 
Brother Ford was trying to talk about the invisible. The only God you and I ever going to see is the man called Jesus Christ. Because God's a spirit. You can't see a spirit. You can feel it. You can see results from it. It's like the wind. But you can't see it. It's a God. The Lord. The Lord himself. Cast thy burdens upon the Lord. And he shall sustain thee. He's the one that can keep you. He's the one that can, can support that that area, that situation, that weakness that you feel like it's going to overcome you. That's the reason Paul in the Utah instructs us, don't grow weary in well-doing. <laughs> but sometimes that's easier said than done when you show kindness and long-suffering and mercy. And, <laughs> and the individual, can I just say it, tramples it under their feet. It's not so easy to carry on doing that. But I just wonder how often God shows his mercy and compassion and long-suffering. We've all experienced it. Thank God for it. That's the reason we can act the way we act. Because we understand that by the mercy and grace and compassion God has, has given to us. Amen. Even when times we didn't deserve it. He died for us yet while we were still sinners. He paid a price and making a way for us. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. He shall never suffer. Suffer means to allow. If you notice in the Old Testament, even in the New Testament, a lot of times the word suffer is put in there whenever uh, individuals doing things that was contrary to his will. And the Bible would simply say he suffered or he would allow them to do it at their own harm, against his will, his purpose, the power of choice. Man, that's, that's what, you know, the whole issue in, 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 in the garden between Satan and talking to Eve about becoming its gods. And one of the, what that really means is that now you have the power to choose. They had the power of choice. They only had one there that was not to eat of one particular tree. And God encircled that garden, filled that garden up with so many other trees. But it's always the devil. Devil always remind you. It's amazing to us sometimes how we can remember the bad and not the good. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, you, 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 you deal with life and circumstance, situations. And, and you know, if you, if you, I'm not a news. I don't keep up with news, okay? <laughs> so I don't have a problem with that. But I've had guys to tell me, you know, hey, I had to get off of that. It was making me mad. It was doing this to me and doing that to me. All this bad news and all this crazy bunch doing amen and, and things that was going on. And so, so, you know, most of the time bad news is the only thing is what we would call good news. Okay? But thank God for the good tidings. Thank God for the good news called Jesus Christ and the gospel. Amen. How beautiful are the feet that brings this gospel. But it brings this witnessing power into circumstances and situations because I got a God, a man that suffers. He, he, said, he, he said he wouldn't let me be moved. He wouldn't let my feet slip. David found himself going out the highways and the byways and, and watching those that was wicked and evil and full of pride and arrogance prospering. And man, they was just doing everything they seemed to touch was going until, until when? Until he got back to the house of God and he got his mind and his heart and his spirit back in line. The final results of those and their destiny destination and where they was going to go. Amen. And it said my feet almost nigh slipped until 
God will keep the righteous, keep us from slipping, keep us from being moved. Now, that doesn't mean we're not going to face battles. That doesn't mean that we're not going to face challenges. That doesn't mean that we're not going to have to deal with circumstances and situations and be tested and tried. Amen. The only way that you and I know that if our faith is, is increasing, it's got to be tested. Man, you don't pass kids on in school from, from one grade to the next without a test. And they got to pass the test. Hallelujah. Unless the teacher's just, you know, I'm tired of you and I'm passing you anyway. <laughs> well, God won't pass us like that. I'm sorry. Why? Because he's long-suffering and he, he can sustain us and help us to do it. If we'll just humble ourselves and do it his way. We'll just yield ourselves and give it to him. He'll, he'll give us the strength of wisdom, the knowledge, and the ability to do it. Man. So, here we go. Praise God. Good, good lesson. Truth about God. God will bear the burdens we surrender to him. We got to surrender them. We got to release them. Uh, what do you do? Somebody comes up behind you or in front of you. Somebody's <laughs> behind you, in front of you. He's throwing a big gun. He says, uh, shake your hands up. Tells you to surrender. Now, some of you may have a quick draw and you might beat him. That's a chance, so. <laughs> okay, I'm going to leave that alone, man. I can tell that one went. <laughs> All right, praise God. Let's start over. Delete that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Here we go. So, so as we watch this lesson, amen, as it begins to unfold. And Lord knows I'd love to have that photographic memory right here this morning to really play this out and help us to understand uh, what plays up to this? Start with uh, most of us knows the main characters, Amen, of this particular situation. Especially when you begin to talk about Absalom, Amen, and what he set out to do and how he set out to accomplish and to achieve that. There's there's one thing I would like to help us all to understand, Amen. One way to know if you're in the kingdom of God and about the kingdom of God is the means that you go to try to achieve what you desire. I'm going to let that sink in just a little bit. The methods or the means that you go about to acquire what you're desiring, looking for, positions. Huh. How many of you believe that all politicians are truthful and upright, man, and they know that's the best way? You know, we raise our children, we tell them to do what? What's the best thing to do, baby? But somehow we get from that area, from that, to into, I don't know where we come to adults. I know we, we say we're adults at 18 and 21 and all that. And we tell people, you know, there's adult drinks and there's adult little tear and there's adult, you know, there's sinful little tear and there's sinful. That'd be more of a correct answer. <laughs> Praise God. And so we just seem to get away from that like you know all of a sudden that's not the best thing to tell the truth best thing to do is tell a lie don't you let them folks know about that they'll never vote for me that may not have went over too good either but hey I'm, I'm just going to ride with this okay 
I'm right here this morning. Praise God. The Word of God's right. And so the, the, the point of any time that I have to go and use a method or a means that's not, that, that resembles God and His love and compassion and method and way, amen, then guess what? Amen. There's a good possibility, if not a full possibility, it wasn't God's will for me to, to try to reach for that place. And there's a wrong thing that's pulling me there. It, a lot of times it can be lust. A lot of times it can be pride. And so as we watch this unfold, we're going to see characters in this, in this setting that's going to take place. And there's going to be family members. There's going to be people brought in from all different directions. Amen. That's going to help try to get this to unfold and get it to take place. And we're going to watch even David, a, a man that I can promise you that was, a, that was a, a captain, a man that was used to war, a man that wasn't afraid to pull the sword, a man that wasn't afraid to spill blood. But yet there comes a time, amen, and then a passion of love that you, you got to say you know what we got to do this God's way and if God wants us to flee and man and flee the city this is not the battleground because if we fight here in this city now watch this let's go all the way a city that's in jeopardy a city that's going to be burnt down a city that's going to be torn up amen if we fight the battle here how many of you are glad amen that we took Iraq we took it to Iraq that we didn't let Iraq bring it to the United States of America I'd much rather, amen, load up and let's take it to them any time than let them bring it to us. I'd much rather we all had peace and do what we need to do, but uh, that time's come and call the millennium. <laughs> but anyway, so as we watch all this unfold here and things take place, we begin to understand the, the methods and the response of what's unfolding and what's taking place. Hallelujah. And so you and I always got to be careful that we don't take matters into our own hands and try to manipulate and control it. Now, now again, and I've heard this, and, and I agree to it to a certain degree because I've heard people say, yeah, I'm I'm going to pray about it, but I'm going to put legs on those prayers. You got to be careful whose legs is on the prayers. <laughs> you got to be careful who's carrying the prayer. <laughs> Amen. I mean, he's got an M16 and he's fixing to walk up in there. <laughs> uh, that wasn't the prayer I was talking about. He's carrying the wrong prayer. <laughs> he's, he's, he got, y'all got it on the wrong set of legs, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, and so so I know this is kind of comical, and, and but, but I'm trying to just I'm telling you the message is the the lessons full of this. And we all got to be careful in working in the kingdom of God and doing the things of Jesus Christ because there is an adversary. There is a devil, a man that's setting snares and traps. And, and Paul said, let's don't be ignorant of his devices to ensnare us and, and trap us. And the devil will use whoever he can in whatever circumstance and situation he can. And when betrayal becomes a part of that and we watch betrayed by a loved one or a friend or a neighbor, I'm telling you there is a wound there. And if it's not dealt with in a man on the way, with God and the love of God. It'll always be an avenue. It'll always be a gateway. It'll always be a means, amen, that the devil can use, amen, to war against your soul and war against the kingdom of God in your life. And you'll start passion for things and lust for things. It's out of the will of God. You'll start looking for things. It's not in the will of God. Okay, so, so as we watch this, it actually starts in 2 Samuel 13 chapter, but you can actually go back a little further. Amen. Bathsheba. We know who Bathsheba is. We know what happened there. And this follows right in behind this episode and all this happening. It took place. And, 
And so as it begins to unfold, and we're going to see years that's going to actually pass by. You're going to see five in one place. You're going to see another area in the Bible. And uh, I'll probably mention that a little later on. The scripture says 40 years. But all your commentaries, everybody says that was just up and miswriting there. And here's the reason they say that. And if you go read the whole story and lead up to it, you understand. They, they said it's probably four years. They, they, they put 40, but there's no way that Absalom could be because the whole reign of David was 40 years. Okay? So there's no way he could be battling for the reign of David, amen, when he only had 40 years he couldn't been stay the whole time of the 40 years as you watch this unfold right, but I'm just, so I'm just giving you some little golden nuggets here to how things uh, works out, you know, because we're living in a time where we've been geared and shaped and molded amen, at a, at, a, at a punch of a button fast food, man, you can pull up there and get a full course meal, amen <laughs> call a value meal hallelujah and within about 5 minutes and if we don't get it in 10 minutes, we want it free and then we get mad at them because they didn't get it all right. <laughs> and we couldn't even get the stuff out on the counter in five minutes unless must cook it. So, I mean, just going to how you look at all of it. I'm not against all that. I want your stuff right. Don't, so don't take that wrong. Just, just stay with me. But I'm just telling you where we're at and what, what, how, how, we, how we operate and, and what we're being shaped and molded by and, and things that we think will happen. So a lot of times the point of that was, hey, man, a lot of times we think that God, I'm going to tell you something. God impressed me something this week. We're working with a situation, amen, and uh, a little, uh, you know, and, and this situation, this, this situation really wants to, you know, wish it was over with. Hallelujah. How many, you know, uh, watch this. Um, you know, you, you deal with circumstances, situations. It took them 20 years to get there. And all of a sudden, they want you to come in a magic wand in one night. Hey, man, take those 20 years it took them to get there. Get them out. Now, God can. God can deliver. God can do. But, you know, a lot of times, amen, God says, you know what? I need to send you through a process. Because if I just miraculously deliver you and set you out, hey, man, you won't appreciate it. You won't love it. You won't understand the pain, the agony. He made about all of it. And so you won't be any better off. In fact, you'll go right back into it. Israel proved that with Israel time and time again. He fed them. He watered them. He babied them. Hallelujah. They didn't wear out any clothes or shoes. They weren't none. Amen. It was feeble that left out of there. They didn't nobody get sick. 40 years wandering in that wilderness. Hallelujah. With all the bacteria and all the diseases and the water they was drinking, the food they was eating. Hallelujah. And all these things. But nobody never got sick on that journey. But it didn't stop their mumbling. It didn't stop their stiff-neckedness. It didn't stop their complaining. So, you know, putting everybody on a welfare check and giving everybody a million dollars is not going to solve the problems. It's probably just going to create more problems. The real answer is coming back to the house of God. The real answer is casting all of your burdens. Amen. Oh, Jesus Christ. The real answer is having the Prince of Peace abiding in your life and, and lighting and directing you. He's the author and finisher. And amen. And you and I got to understand, regardless, amen, of the fiery darts that comes our way, regardless of who they come from. It can be your spouse. It can be your mom, your daddy. It can be your neighbor, you don't matter. Hallelujah, because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And so the righteous is not going to be moved. If you'll just cast it at the feet of Jesus and lay it at the feet of Jesus, I'm not going to be moved. He's my Savior. He's never done me wrong. He's always on my side. And so, when you watch this and watch it begin to unfold and with Absalom and the things that begin to happen and begin to take place and you go all the way back and and the second Samuel's the 13th chapter, you begin to pick up, and you got to see there in, in 2 Samuel's 13 32, Jonadab, the son of Simeon, David's brother, answered and said, Let not my lords suppose that they have slain all the young men. The king's sons for Ammon only is dead. For by the appointment of Amson. Now, why am I bringing this out, Jonadab? Now, I know I'm way ahead of myself in a way, but, but, but just, just listen to me a minute. 
Jonah Daub is the one that helped bring this about with Absalom. <laughs> Amen. And, and, and as you watch, man, I don't have enough time, but, but anyway, we're going to see where a sister was, was taken in. And, and this is a guy that gave instructions of how to get, how cause this to happen, how to cause this to transpire. You called Tamar in, and you had her because Ammon, he loved her. But watch that, watch that. He didn't love her. He lusted after her. Lust and love have so many familiarities that it's really the real, you know, when you find out if it's lust or love, when storms start showing up. When mountain climbing starts showing up. When valleys to go through. When you don't have enough money. <laughs> Amen. Or you get sick. That's not just true in marriage. That's true in living for God. As long as the bills are paid and everybody's doing fine, I don't have no problem coming loving and worshiping God. But when my car starts tearing up, this starts happening, what am I going to do then? The pressure. But you know what? That's where the real test of love is. And what he's blessed me with. What am I going to do with it? I'm going to share it. But anyway, I'm going I'm to jump too many rabbits here. So, so as we watch that unfold, it take place. And so... As, as Tamar's brother, he, he, from that time, from that moment, he wanted to, to kill him. He wanted to take him out and destroy him. So we're already watching vengeance taking place and unfolding. The Bible has taught us two years elapsed. David heard about it. Tamar's brother didn't tell him. Tell her to go tell him. I said, that's your brother. You know what he said? You just don't tell nobody. Even though she had rent the coat, if you go back and read it, of many colors, which, which let everybody know that she was a daughter of royalty, of the king. Not only was she a daughter, but she was a virgin. But now, because of a brother, she wasn't. She tried her best to be a voice in his life to give him instructions on how to get this to come back, which even she, I'm going to tell you, to show you how they done slipped away from God, even David's family. She, she said, if you'll just tell David the king, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm your sister here, but if you'll tell David the king, he'll let me, he'll let me, he'll give me to you. I won't have no option if you, you read it close enough. But if you go back to Leviticus and Moses' writing, at one time they could marry half-sisters. Abraham married his half-sister. But if you go back and read Leviticus, because I've studied it out, <laughs> amen, it, you can marry up to about the first cousin. I mean, you can't marry, I'm sorry, you can't marry up to the first and second. But that third cousin, you don't have no grounds to stand on by the Bible. But up to that, the law, you couldn't have them. The Bible put it this way. You couldn't look upon their nakedness. So by the scripture, even David could not lawfully give her to him. So we're already seeing how their minds and their way of thinking out of, out of a passion. And, in, and after he took of her, 
immediately the next verse says, he hates her as much as he once loved her. He throws her out, casts her out. And so this creates in her brother now a, a desire, a passion, man, to take vengeance. And I'm going to take his life. Now he flees. He leaves. He's gone. But then when he comes, finally, finally, man, it's worked out where Absalom you go into, the, I think, the 14th chapter, you're going to read where, where Joel, amen, sets it up. Amen. And he calls a, a damsel from, a, from places 30 and 40 miles off and has her to come in and, and dresses up like a widow and puts words in her mouth to give instructions to the king, to David, and talking about her two sons that had fought in the field and nobody was there and one killed the other. Now the family comes in and they want her to give up the other son. Amen. Her husband's dead and so there's nobody there to carry on the name. Nobody there to support her and help her. And so all the family, amen, wants to take this son. And so when she tells the story to David, David says, no, I'm going to protect you. Said so you, that son's going to be protected. And then she puts up words that, amen. Well, what about Absalom? What about, uh, amen, him too, that, that you departed and you hadn't given any wake because two years has passed and all of this is being set back up to get Absalom because Joel, amen, is, it was going to get him brought back in. And so we're going to watch all this begin to unfold and take place. And we can watch how, how the hand of God and, and not, sometimes the hand of God, but on passion desires. And I told you a few weeks ago, what's creating a lot of the violence, a lot of things that's going on is is vengeance. I'm telling you, God gave me that. I'm telling you, God hello, vengeance. In the, so you know what? The, the spirit of vengeance is running rapid in our nation. Guess what? You and I better start guarding against. Guess what? You and I start better start building pillars and, and, and walls against. It's vengeance. Hallelujah. Because that same spirit will find its way in the house of God. That same spirit will find its way into our lives and into our vessels if we're not careful. Amen. When certain things ain't done the way we think they ought to be, especially inside the family. We'll start taking, letting vengeance get a hold of our hearts and vengeance to get hold of instead of being the, the epistle that God wants us to be and walk into the love of Christ and the power of the Holy Ghost to handle circumstances in a godly manner. We'll start wanting to handle it in a carnal manner and we'll start wanting to handle it in a vengeance way. We won't have the compassion, we won't have the mercy. Amen. That we ought to, should have. And so, as we watch this begin to unfold, and so we know the how that Absalom comes back. And, and now after he's there, man, for a few years, guess what? He calls for Joel. Joel's one that worked it out to get him there. So now he calls for him. He calls for him the second time. Joel doesn't respond. You know what he does? What's Absalom? Watch what he does. He tells his servants because his barley field is next to his. He sends his servants over and burns his barley field. Yeah, I'm going to get your response one way or another. God never moves in that manner. That's the reason David, even though the opportunity come, and the crowd that was with him with Saul, because they say this Psalms 55 was written either either the time of running from Saul or the story that the life I'm, I'm spilling out to you right here. But Absalom that wanted to treason, wanted to take the kingship and take the city. Huh. Betrayed him. That wasn't the first times that David had to deal with betrayal. You can go back in the first Samuel, you can read where a city that God sent him to, Kalkia, saved him from the Philistines. 
And after delivering them from the Philistines, they set up with Saul in agreement with Saul to hold him and give him over to Saul. But God spoke to him, got the ephod, spoke and got him out of that city. Notice how David would handle betrayal time after time. God's got a way. God's got a method. God's got a way. And I've said this. I've said this many a times. When you start getting into to struggles and you start getting into episodes and we're all going to get there. We're all going to be involved in one time or another. Amen. I, I mean, you're just not going to avoid it. It's life. It's life. So it's important to pray. You know why? Because we want to keep our nose clean. We want to keep our hearts clean. We want to make sure that we handle it the way God wants us to handle it. This God can still send angels. This God can operate in means and ways and put others in position and place to work it out. To bring it about. And so, as, as we watch this unfold, and it really begins to really take place. And when you go to, uh, man, I'm, I'm going to try my best to get to the Psalms and uh, that whole chapter. And so, as this began to unfold and begin to take place, and, and even the priests, uh, Athophel, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Anybody know who he was? He was the grandfather of Bathsheba. His counsel was highly recognized. He even done counseling for David. In fact, if you read this, the lesson, it's the scriptures out, you'll see where when David found out that he had joined up with Abner, immediately he prays that God would cause his counseling cause confusion because he knew the effectness that it would have against him the skill and the power of it and 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 that's one reason he sends back tispas back to the crowd to be involved in that and if you go watch this all unfold and as you watch when Abner comes in and he takes a hold to Absalom comes in and he takes a hold of the city and he begins to get instructions for him he encouraged him he said go take David now don't let him get don't let him get uh, his men together don't let him get planned out and all he, he instructs him and, and really that would have worked he'd have been successful he'd have conquered David he'd have killed them he'd have wiped him out but the other counselor stepped in and said, oh, no, said you, said, you know David's a warrior. You know, he, man, he's like a sheep bear, man. His men, his valid men, you go in, they'll slay you, they'll kill you. And so he listened to him. If you go and read the story, and Athaphel, amen, you know what he's done immediately after his counsel wasn't received? Now, I'm talking about the grandfather of Bathsheba. Hmm. Could it be that he didn't really, reason he turned against David was because he didn't like how he handled Bathsheba. Could it be that he had a real love and appreciation for Uzziah, a man that David had killed? And now he says, God hadn't taken care of David, but I will. I'll join in with the group to take him out. Even David's own son. Boy, we're watching this thing come together now, aren't we? We can see how the enemy can work. Even in our own family to have positions and places. And places of authority and places of recognition. I don't want to be a thief in any area whatsoever. I want to be right where God wants us to be. I want us to walk together in unity as a body of Christ. and Doing the work that God wants us to do. 
doing it with the love of God and the joy of the Lord and the power and the unction of the Holy Ghost. You know why? Because that's, that's, that's the only way that the glory can really work. That's the only way that the super... Could it be the reason that our church today... And I ain't talking about this local... I'm talking about our church. I'm talking about, a Pentecost, I'm talking about one God moving across the board. Could it be the reason there's so much absence of the glory of God because we allow too much politics to move in? And because so-and-so got a little cross with somebody 20 years ago, we started a man and just... Now, now, we didn't say a whole lot about it. We didn't persuade it and all that. But in here, that God knows. God sees. But guess what? So does the devil. So is the devil. After reading this, a dangerous thing, and Paul instructed us to tell us, amen, about envy and strive and bitterness. Amen. Not to let the not, not to let it go, let the sun to go down without taking care of it. Without not trying to get it cleared up. Why? It's an avenue. It's leverage. You ever prized on something you just couldn't get enough? And finally, you, you took maybe a, a two before or something, amen, and you propped it up and got it from it, and you got it up against that thing because you couldn't do it, but you got that two before and got, it, got some leverage. And then all of a sudden, amen, because you couldn't with your bare hands and have enough strength and all that, but you can get you what they call a prize bar. That's, that's how the devil works, amen, amen. He's learned how in his sly and cutting way, amen, to bring about his desire and bring about his purpose. you got to understand. Understand something. The devil's doing everything he can to stop the seed of David. Because he knew out of the seed of David there was going to come a man by the name of Jesus Christ that was going to be a savior of the world. Time after time through the scriptures, you can watch this episode of it and it still hasn't changed. The devil's doing everything he can, amen, to destroy the church and tear down the church and tear down every true minister there is and every true church there is. But you know what? He can't stop. you know what he'll do? He'll try to at least get in the midst of it. Plant a few seeds. And start a little. It's kind of like a splinter. It's kind of a little cut. You keep playing with it. You keep messing with it. It'll get infected. If you don't have it tended to, if you don't, you just keep on. Especially in the day we're living today. Oh, the type of things get a hold of First use, you know, all of a sudden, we got to cut your hand off. If you're not careful, we'll have to cut your arm off. If you're not careful, it'll send you to the grave. The devil knows. See, knows how to. you got to remember now, he's the one. He's been doing this since the garden. That's the reason it's so important to pray. That's the reason it's so important to have the house of God. That's the reason it's so important to have and read the Word of God on a daily basis. Your spiritual walk with God. Why? You got one out there you, you can't handle him. You're not going to outmaneuver him. And you know what? The first things he'll tell, uh, the first things he'll start telling, oh, you can handle it. You, you, yeah, you ought to do that. You ought to feel that way. That's right. You ought to slap the taste out of their mouth. <laughs> I don't think that's too Christ-like. <laughs> Amen. But, but if we're not careful, if we're not careful, and I'm telling you, God can set it up. I mean, the devil can set it up. And thank God, I, you know what? There's no telling how many times 
God's mercy, God's grace, and your prayers kept somebody out of some serious trouble. The devil done everything he could to set it up, but then the mercy and grace of God stepped in and caused it to go a little. So this is what was unfolding in David's life. And, and I know I don't have all the time I need here to, to get us all the way through all of that. You know how that he came in. And, but watch this. Watch David. He told his three generals when they fleed the city and got out in the woods, the forest. And they come in against him. And when David goes to send his men out... In front of all the men, he tells Joel, Joab and them, he's in the three generals. He said, hey, be kind, be tender, be merciful to Abner. Don't. And if you go and read the rest of it, you can read where, because he had the hair that he cut once a year. And, and he got caught in the thicket, the limb, and his mule ran out from under him. A servant came up and found him. He wouldn't take him. He wouldn't kill him. He comes to Joab and says, hey, hey, I found him. He said, man, you said, end of the way. He said, man, I'd give you, give you some silver if you'd. He said, you couldn't have given me a thousand pounds of that silver. Because David said not to take him. Do you know how that Joab went to put three darts in his hand and made his way to him and slew him and then had ten of his men, his servants, was under his, his leadership, slew him also. How the runners come and told David what unfolded and what happened. And David even weeps and cries over his son. But the point I'm trying to make here, David was willing to try to work with him. David was willing to try to show compassion, maybe to rehabilitate him. Huh. Joab was not. And I understand that, that he was an enemy. And he'd come to take the city, and he was willing to destroy the city and destroy everybody to fulfill his own lust. You watch that unfold. Go back and read it. I, I just don't have the time. So that's what brings you, you and I this morning, amen, to this, this Psalms 55. It's... We begin to quickly just try to go through it and begin to see what happens here and unfolds in David's life of handling being betrayed. It's not easy. Have you ever been betrayed by a, maybe, by, maybe a good friend or, or whoever, you know, for whatever reason it may have been? It's not an easy thing to conquer. It's not an easy thing to overcome. And so as it pick up in Psalms, David begins to <clears throat> cry out to the Lord in prayer. He says, give ear to my prayer, O God, hide not thyself from my supplication. Attend unto me and hear me. I mourned in my complaint and make a noise. This complaint, this noise, this mourning is a loud, it's, it's out of the depths. It's a moaning, it's a crying, it's, a, it's, it's not just, you know, he, he's whimpering just in, oh no, he's lifting his voice loud. He is broken, he is so broken and pouring out. In fact, if you go back and read this, the scenario that unfolded, you'll read when David and them left the city, making their way up that mountain. The Bible says he uncovers his head, he's in sackcloth, and he's weeping and wailing and crying as he makes his way up that mountain. And the people that's with him are weeping and crying because they got to leave the city. Because of this episode, because of what has happened here. 
even has one that's on the side of that mountain. Amen. A servant of Saul begins to curse him and throw rocks at him. And one of his men wanted to go down and cut his head off, but David said, No, no. Oh, you're not going to do that. God's, God's handling this. God's working this. I'm telling you, folks, if we'll, just, if we'll just be patient enough, humble enough, and sincere enough, God can work a lot of things out in our lives. And we can sleep a whole lot better. And we won't be, we won't, we won't have blood on our hands. We won't have souls on our hands. So, because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked, for they cast iniquity upon me, and in wrath, they hate me. Man, they, they counseled together. They joined together. They was coming from all directions, and from his own and others, amen, that had been with him. That they, and he's going to address that a little more in just a minute here. As he goes on, he says, My heart is so pained within me. The terrors of death are falling upon me. He was facing death. He knew that. He, he could have stayed. And, 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 but you know what? Watch this. David didn't even make the mistake that Israel made. They had gathered up the ark and was carrying it with them with David. David stops and says, no, you carry the ark of God back into the city. Amen. Because, because with the ark still there, it's going to be God's hand. It's going to be God's mercy. It's going to bring me back to this city that I can see this ark, that I can be back into his presence. I'm telling you, that's when you really release it into God's hand. That's when you really cast on your burdens at Jesus' feet and say, no, God, hallelujah, regardless of how it falls. And that's what David said. Ever how God sees and let this thing fall out. Ever how God sees. He said, I'm going to accept it. You would let him bring the ark. Got to leave it in the city. That represented the presence of God and the power of God. But you're not bringing it out of the city. It's where it belongs. It's not a day and a generation to try to change the church. The church has been put here to change us. And we don't need to let spirits or attitudes from others that want to change it. Thank God for truth. Thank God for the sure foundation. I know everybody's got different, and they say the same thing about me, but I'm telling you, the plan of salvation, the baptism in Jesus' name, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we got to have it. Man, we got to be led by the Spirit. It goes on, he begins to talk about the pain, the terror of death that's fallen upon him. Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me, and horror. A man hath overwhelmed me. And I said, oh, that I had wings. Anybody ever been there? Sure we have. Oh, if I just had some wings, I'd just, I'd just fly out of this situation. I'd sprout me some wings to fly off at a far mountain somewhere where I wouldn't have to look at none of them. I'm more accurate here than we might want to admit. Sometimes we walk in the same room together. Boom. <laughs> Be like that old, that old wind, buddy. <laughs> God knows. God knows. So, he says, if I just had some wings like a dove, for then I would fly away 
and be at rest. But, but really, but really, you wouldn't be. You, you can, we can depart and get away. And most of the time, that's what most people think. We'll just move from one extreme to the other. I had a situation one time come up, and I'm just in general talking. Said, there ain't no way I'd go to church down there with them. Not that, that so-and-so and that. Better be careful of that. That pride right there can keep you out of heaven. There's some things that need to be put under the blood and put under the water. They ought not be not one person that's living for God, that's, that's doing what's right. I don't care who they are. I don't care how many times I've had engagements with them, both good and bad, that I shouldn't be able to go to church with them. Because if I can't go to church with them, then I won't go to heaven with them either. Now the Holy Ghost is bigger than all that. All the pain, all the frustration, all the bad deals. Now, either is he greater in us than he that's in the world, or he's not. And, and I, a lot of that depends on us if we're willing to open up the vows of our heart. And open the doors of our heart. And I'm going to preach on open the doors again tonight. Open the doors of our heart and letting him. Anybody ever seen that painting of Jesus Christ? I know I've asked this several times. Ever seen that painting of Jesus Christ knocking on the door? You ever notice the knobs not on the outside? The knobs on the inside. There's some doors only he can open. But there's some doors only you can open. And I can open. Only, only I. You know why? Because I was the one that closed it. And if I'm not careful, not, not only do I close it to my family or to a friend... But I also closed it to God. Because you can't close it to family and friends and not close it to God. They work hand in hand. Here again, we're watching, we watch how the devil works. If we're not careful, our conscience becomes calloused. And over time, we just kind of let it. Anybody ever cut yourself, jobbed yourself, and you still got the scar or the place has kind of grown up over it? So that's how the devil works. I started the lesson off this morning. That's the reason in some, some areas... Whenever you start, and we're doing it, as you pursue God and draw nearer to Him, you know what the devil? If he can, if that certain little area, maybe it hadn't come up in a long time, but you keep trying to draw nearer to God, guess what's going to come up? Both God's going to allow it because He knows it's got to be dealt with, and the devil's going to stir it up in hopes to stop you again. And so the best thing we can do is when he comes up is reach there and open that door up and pray.
prayer and open it up. I'm going to let God in. Because God, you promised me that you wouldn't let the righteous be moved. And I'm going to hold on. And I'm going to believe you're going to give me the strength, the wisdom, the knowledge, the skill, the ability how to handle this situation. You don't need a shrink head. You need Jesus Christ. There's nothing wrong with you as an individual. It's just a pain and a hurt that only God can heal. You're not going to find the healing in a pill. You're not going to find the healing in a needle. You're not going to find it sitting on somebody's couch. You're going to find it in a prayer meeting and a visitation of Jesus Christ. That's where you go. When you cast it to him. Because he's the only one that can handle that kind of pain. That kind of hurt. That type of betrayal. He's the only one. No one else. And so as, as David writes about this. And he, he says. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm tempest. Man. I could just get out of the storm. If I can just get from this battle. If I can just uh, destroy, O oh Lord, and divide their, their tongues. For I have seen violence and strive in the cities. That city, he saw it. He watched it. That city was going to be annihilated, destroyed. Especially if he'd have stayed there and fought that battle in the city. Remember, this thing's really all about a city. How I many is looking for a city? These makers, God, not man. Join in the same walk and the same promise of our father of faith called Abraham. Day and night they go about upon the walls thereof, mischief also and sorrows are in the midst of it. That describes a lot of our cities of today. Wickedness is in the midst thereof. Deceit and guile depart not from her streets. For it's not an enemy that reproached me, then I could have borne it. Neither was it that I hated me. I could handle it if it had been a known enemy that done this. I can handle it if it was from somebody that I knew that hated me. But when it comes from her brother, or when it comes from her sister, or when it comes from a love member, especially one that I thought, Remember the process he got back to the city and back into the presence of David and back into his favor. All for one reason. Because he beguiled the people. I'm going to begin to set himself up at the city gate. As the people come in with trials and with troubles, he'd flag them down and ask them about it. He, he told them. He said, there's nobody available. David ain't got nobody to deal with your situation. He don't care nothing about you. When's the last time the devil's told you, God don't care anything about you. He doesn't want to hear nothing about your problem. God ain't got time for you. That church ain't got time for you. That family member ain't got time for you. Same old tactics, same old devil, same old. Same old. And that's how he set up. And he beguiled the people. He, he told them what they wanted to hear. He handled them that way. We'll tell you something. We'll never have Holy Ghost revival through carnal means and ways. Never. We can have fun. We have good. But, I'm, but, but just always remember. This flesh, this corner man is hostile against God. And if I start getting too much my way, there's probably a good chance, hmm, I better back up.
I may be feeding the wrong dog too much. But it was thou, a man, my equal, my guide, the one that instructed me, the one that helped me, the one that helped build the city, that helped build the kingdom from where it's at. And my acquaintance, we took sweet counsel together, walked unto the house of God in company. Let death seize upon them. Let them go down quick into hell. Hell there actually is the grave. For wickedness is in their dwellings and among them. As for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon. Listen, listen to him. I'm praying. Now, now, if you go back and study, you're going to see a Jewish day started in the evening. That's reading. He says evening, morning, and noon. I'm going to be in prayer. I'm going to, I'm going to call on God about this. I'm going to put this in God's hands. Well, I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. He that delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me, for there were many with me. God shall hear and afflict them, even he that abideth of all, Selah, because they have no changes. Therefore, they fear not God. Now watch you. They didn't change. Opportunity come, but their, their spirits, their attitudes, their approach didn't change. I'm going to say this. There's some is never going to change. They're never going to get love for God or the things of God. Or for the truth of God. And without that, they can't be saved. And that's where you would have really got to put it in God's hands. And ever how God seeks to work it out. And sometimes God may handle it in a way that... We may not like it. He can handle it in a way of a lot of pain. All forms of sickness or whatever. That's God's business now. Again, it's God's business how he handles that. Even Paul talks about releasing them to the devil. And the, the, the flesh might be destroyed. That their spirit might be saved. He, he, he said... Put them out of the church and out of protection of the prayers of the church. Make them vulnerable to the devil. That hopefully if that don't turn them around, nothing will turn them around. Now we're living in a generation, we don't like that kind of preaching. We don't like those type of episodes. We wouldn't like it if an Ananias of fire come in here and because they didn't, you know, lied to the Holy Ghost, they fell dead. And we just, we didn't call we didn't call Brother Brittany. We didn't call moments. We didn't call nobody. We just put, got two old shovels out of the shed. Out there and went back in or dug a hole and put them in it. Didn't call the mama. Didn't call the daddy. I know it. We're living in a country that won't happen. I'll tell you one part we can't stop, and that's death. When God's getting ready to take them, I don't care how healthy they are. I don't care how much money they got. I don't care what kind of surgeons and technology we got. When God gets ready and his judgment, it's going to happen. And I know, I know. We're living in a country now. It wants to, I don't know why this happened. Why did that take place? Why? 
Anyway, so David is putting it in God's hands. And he, he wept over it. When the news come back, that what had happened, what had unfolded, he wept and cried. He goes up in the chambers weeping and crying. And again, Joab has to come and get him and shake him and say, Hey, God's blessed us and delivered us from the enemy, both from within and from without. Folks, sometimes that enemy is just as powerful from within as from without. God knows. He hath put forth his hands against such as be at peace with him. He hath broken the covenant. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. Man hasn't persuaded the people. Man, he, he, and I know I didn't mention, he told them what they wanted to hear. He had, he, he won them over. There was 200 that left the city of Jerusalem. He told David, I'm going to worship the Lord. Gishon back, I told God back there, if he'd get me back in Jerusalem, that I would be committed and dedicated to him. And when he left out, he took 200 men that didn't really know what all was going on and what was going to happen. And he done put certain ones in positions and places throughout the land. He didn't go out to worship God. He went out and got his men together. And if it hadn't been for a man coming to tell him, David, he's coming after you. Absalom's coming. He's coming with men. They're going to take the city. They wouldn't even have time to left the city. The New Testament warned us that Satan will even come with a covering of ministry and the ministry of righteousness. He'll put on a front, but in the heart and in the depthness is full of murder, deceit, and lying. That means there can be churches out there that has the appearance of Christianity. Has the appearance of saving souls. But building on the wrong foundation. And if they don't get a wake up call. And get their nose in the book. And a real hunger for God. There'll just be a, a false anointing. And a false move of God. And the blind leading the blind. The blind leading the blind. Who, who, who's going to fall? They're both going to fall in the ditch. That's the reason it's so important for you to read this Bible for yourself. Don't you depend on just me. Don't you depend on just this pulpit. You get this Bible out and you read it for yourself. You read because, you know what? As long as we pastor and much preaching goes across this pulpit, there's a lot of surfaces in this book. It's never even been scratched. Never been touched. You've got to do it. got to have a passion, desire to do it. Talks about how that his mouth was smoother than butter. But war was in his heart. His words were softer than all. Yet were they drawn swords. Man, drawn sword. Talking to you that way. And the whole time planning to. Cast thy burning upon the Lord. And he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be removed. But thou, O God, shall bring them down into the pit of destruction. Bloody and deceitful men shall not live. Out hath their days, but I will trust in thee. 
Absalom didn't get to live out full life. As we stand here this morning, I know my time's passed. He didn't get to live out a full life because the life that he had chosen, the direction that he had chosen. Actually, it's a dangerous thing what you give yourself to. Who, what, what spirits, what habits, what avenues. It's a dangerous thing. Could be. Or you and I as individuals could make up in our minds, even this morning, I want to be a vessel of God. I'm going to, I'm going to take these burdens that's got me weighed down, if you have any. I'm going to cast them at the feet of Jesus. I'm going to place them in his hands. I'm not going to, Lord, I'm not going to wrestle over them tonight. I'm going to put them in your hands today. It's going to be a done deal. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to put it, I'm going to play a tear. And God, ever how you see fit. Texting somebody in the last day or two and, and talking about direction and feet. I gave him a couple of scriptures out of Psalms. God orders the footsteps. A few verses down from that one. Orders the footsteps of a good man. A few verses down from that, he talks about, and he will not let him slip. That's the reason Paul said, when you've done all you can do, if you can't seem you can go any further with it, don't seem like you can make another, not sure where to, You ever went fishing somewhere or, or maybe there's snowed or something and boy, it's slippery and you just, you're real careful. You don't just go running out there. You don't just walk nonchalant and just put your feet in. That's the same way with living for God. Be vigilant. Be sober. Why? I got one that's setting a snare, setting a trap. And he could use somebody from within. And he can use somebody from without. He can use individuals that, that I knew was an enemy. I better not say that because that may be offensive to some. Amen. But, but there was a time just a little back in history. If certain individuals walked in and had certain things on their head and dressed a certain way. You'd watch them with a close eye, wouldn't you? Especially if you expect to get on an airplane. In fact, there would be marshal, you know, some marshals on that plane that was pronged and subject to question them and to, do you mind if we check? There's probable cause. I'd love to tell you that the, the devil's always going to come and he's going to have this pitchfork and he's going to have horns sticking out of his head and he's going to be shooting fire out of his mouth and you won't have no problem recognizing him. Now, I will tell you this much. If you follow him long enough, you won't be have no problem recognizing him. But he don't show up the first time like that. The second or the third or the fourth. But he slowly shows up in a mean and a ways that you never know that he's the enemy. Setting the snare, setting the trap. The reason there's so many denominations across America is because God's not the author. God's not the author of confusion. 
There's the way. There's one door. There's one tabernacle. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Two elements, but one baptism. It's in the book. I didn't write that. It's in the book. So God help us. God help us. That's really so important for you and I to come. This is where we bring our problems. This is who. And I'm not talking about just here in this local assembly. I'm talking about on a daily basis in our prayers and our walk with God. You can have your own altar and your own home. And hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to. And the sooner we give it to Him, the better off we are. Because it accumulates. It may not weigh a whole lot today, but if you keep carrying it, we've shot some deer that didn't weigh but 80 and 85 pounds. But when you get them on your shoulders and you told them a half a mile out to the truck, that deer weighs 185 pounds. And that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to weigh you down. And he wants to persuade you that you don't have no word to unload. But you do. And the high priest is Jesus Christ. Now watch this. I'm not a big fan. In fact, I'm, I'm prone to stop you if you come and try to make confession to me. There's only one high priest that you make your confessions to. And I think it's a dangerous thing for any of us to start moving and asking questions and maneuvering ourselves in a place to, to ask certain questions of why you're doing what you're doing. I'm going to tell you why. Number one, you're not the high priest and I'm not the high priest. Number two, now you watch this. I, I know this for a fact. Now you watch this. Number two, from that moment, you will have to struggle with a voice telling you that they know. They know. Every time you walk in here to worship, and I can be including me, you sitting back here and you look up, one of the first arrows the devil's going to shoot at you. He, he knows what you've done. Your confession's made to Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can wash you. He's the only one that can heal you. In fact, as you go back to Bathsheba with David, and when Nathan came, David repented to God. I've sinned against thee. That's the reason you can get in that prayer closet, get in that place right here. And you humble and yield yourself to him and say, here it is, God. I've harbored some things, and, but I'm, I'm ready to let it go. I'm ready to release it. I'm ready to put it. I'm tired of toting it. I'm tired of struggling with it. I'm tired of battling with it. Huh. Heard a little incident, and I'm not going into no details. We don't even know them. This guy got accused of killing his wife and some other things. 
The man did not do it. He saw a gentleman standing outside his house as he went to leave. Him and his wife had had an argument, and he went to leave. And, and he knew. He said, hey, that God's God. He said there was a recognition. There was something there. I'm not going through all the process of it, but after 16 years going to jail and spending the time for the crime that he hadn't committed, a detective was called in to start checking about another situation that went on in that same area. And he connected the two. So he begins to research it. And with certain means of testing it out, he found out the culprit was already in prison. He goes. He begins to question this guy. And finally the guy looks at him. There was other crimes that committed and he had proof to prove it. Didn't really have proof to prove it with this one. But finally that gentleman looks at him. He says, man, I need to tell you something. He said, it's been heavy on me for 16 years. He said, he said, I committed a crime against this particular person. And I was one done it. And another man paid the price. You know what that connection was? They were both Marines. And whenever that guy seen him 16 years ago standing there and they made eye contact, he said there was something there. And he finally, after 16 years, talked to how he told and held that, even though he was in prison and would make confession that he was the one. We'd be totally shocked of what's carried inside of the sound of my voice here this morning. If we could really just be honest enough to unzip and open up. God, if only you can help us. Sometimes it might have been just a few words. Sometimes it could have been just a look. Sometimes, and a lot of times, it was just a little misunderstanding. That's the reason the scripture says when you come to worship him, you got ought with your brother. Leave the guilt and go and make it right. The individual's not willing to listen, get you a brother or two. If they're still not willing, bring them before the church. God's got a, God's got a process. He's always had a process. But you and I, because of our feelings and our wishes and we don't want to embarrass nobody and we don't we would just rather harbor it and hold it up and jeopardize our souls for eternity than to deal with a little shame and pride God's purging God's washing God's coming after a church that's made what's this that has made herself ready The bride's got a part to play, a part to do. And as awesome and as mighty as our God and our Heavenly Father is, there's some things that lies within us that we got to do it. We got to love Him enough, ourselves enough, and the body of Christ enough. Hey, we're going to do it. We're going to humble ourselves, yield ourselves, and get cleaned up. For number one, I want to go to, I want to be caught up in the rapture. And watch this. 
you won't reach but a certain level in maturity and in the spirit realm and walking in the Holy Ghost until you deal with that. God can always lead you to that door. But if you're not willing to open it and let God in, that's as far as you're going to ever get. I don't care if you've lived for God for six months or for 60 years. That's as far as you're going to get. That's the reason, if you're not careful, your spiritual walk is like a roller coaster. And you live off emotions more than the Word of God and the Spirit of God. You live off of feelings. We can't go off of feelings. I feel this. I feel. Well, you can feel the devil. Feel a lot of things. You can eat too much of the wrong stuff and feel some stuff and cause you have dreams and nightmares. But you got to get right back to this. You got to get back. Regardless of what I feel, this is right. It's always going to be right. No matter my circumstances, my situation, it's always going to be right. So thank God, because you know why? I can always make my way back to the Word of God and find my rest and find my safety and find my cleansing. And find my help. Because he promised that he wouldn't let the righteous be moved. Moved from what? you got to have a place you can't be moved from. You can't be cast to and fro. So there's a place. Where's it at? Right here. Right here. That we put into our minds and our hearts and our spirit. That's the reason we can have sound minds. In a world that's full of mental problems. I'm telling you it's overwhelming us. So lack of this is the reason. Because without this girded up in your mind, that leaves your mind vulnerable for anything and any voice that comes down the pipe. And to believe it, and for not careful, wind up lost. God's talking to us. God's ministering. You know why? We're his people. God loves us, folks. God loves us. He loves humanity. He loves souls. Let's pray. God, we love you. What a word. What a presence. God, there's none like you. None beside or likened unto you. As you speak into our hearts, our minds. As you speak into our situations and circumstances. Help us, God. Help us. Help us not to take things into our own hands. But God, you help us with our hands to release it into your hands. Let, the, let you as the author, let you as the Almighty, let your will be done in our hearts, our minds, and our spirit. Help us here this morning as your church. We love you, Lord. We love one another, and we want to make the journey. We want to see revival, God, like never before. We want to see your mighty hand and your voice and your presence and anointing drawing us closer and closer, uniting us together, bonding us together, helping us become who and what you desire us to be in this church. 
Every man, woman, boy, and girl that's walked in this assembly this morning can feel your hand, feel your presence. Help us lift up those, God, that are sick and afflicted in their bodies. Those that's not able to be with us today. And those that's in the airways and are crossing out in our community. God, you'd reach down with your goodness and grace and mercy. Your arm that's not too short. Your ear that's not dull of hearing our cries. As we lift up our voices unto you even today for the powers of your grace, the powers of your mercy, the powers of your love and compassion. Use us, guide us, lead us. We want to fulfill the call of God in our lives, giving you the glory, giving you the praise and the honor for all of it. In that precious name of Jesus Christ, we pray in Jesus' name. And the church says, Amen. Love you this morning. Appreciate you so much. Let me fill you in. Uh, talk to Brother Phillips this week. He's scheduled to be with us the 10th, 11th, and 12th. That's a Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday night. The following 17th, which is a Wednesday night. And then the following week on a Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday night of this month. So please jot that down, write it down, whatever. Amen. But God's going to be with us. We're just looking for a time. I know it's a busy time, but we're just going to get busy about God's business. And, uh, you know, and if, if you're available and you can come, you can. If you can't, you got other things to understand. But, hey, God's going to work it all out. Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you this morning. Good to see everybody. God bless you.